Psalm 105, we're going to look at the first two verses. And uh, this morning, I want to tell you, is going to be a little bit different than normal. Uh, it's a celebration today. It's a testimony Sunday. Today, we're going to open up this microphone for you guys to testify about the good things that the Lord has been doing in your lives and in the lives around you. Many of you, you know, have saw people you knew get saved this week, and many lives have been changed uh, over the last three months as the Lord's been leading us on this prayer focus, as He's been teaching us about prayer, and we've been growing and learning, expanding in this thing called prayer for the last three months. There's been so many praise reports, so much going on, and I have the wonderful... Uh, privilege really of a lot of people coming to me to tell me the praise reports you know the other day after service I went to go walk out those doors and between this stage and those doors eight people stopped me and told me a praise report of what the Lord has done in their lives or lives of those that they've been praying for eight people in about 60 feet you know is incredible and so I believe that the Lord would have us today share those testimonies, that we need to hear them, that our faith might be encouraged, that our hearts might be stirred, and we might just fall more in love with the Lord as we boast to one another about the Lord. Amen? It's very biblical, by the way. Let's read in Psalm 105, verse 1. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, speak of all His wonders. I want you to notice what it says there. It says that we are to make known His deeds among the peoples. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that God commanded Israel to speak forth of the good things that He had done. They were to record it, they were to write it down, they were to sing of it, they were to write songs about it, and they were to speak to one another about it. They were to tell their children and the following generations about it. They were to make known the good deeds of the Lord. I mean, this is what God had on his heart for his people. He told them that over and over. We'll look at the verses in a minute. You will remember that Easter week was also Passover week. We talked about it a little bit, and every religious Jewish home was celebrating Passover at that time, as the Jews had for thousands of years. And part of the Passover meal, it's called the Seder meal, is that the, the, the youngest child in the family would ask the father, the head of the family, why this night is different. It happened in every Jewish home in our community and around the world during Easter week at the Seder meal. The youngest in the family would say to the father, why is this night different from all the others? Now, in the book of Exodus chapter 12, the Lord said that the children would ask the head of the household why that night was different. And what it was, it was a setting up for the father to testify about what the Lord had done in the Exodus, in the Passover. That the people of Israel were in slavery to Egypt, and the God of Israel delivered them with an outstretched arm and a mighty hand. Amen? And so it was the setup for the father to testify to the family. Look what the Lord has done. And that's God's design. In the Old Testament, we see several feasts that were ordained by God that Israel was to celebrate. And, and they were a setup for Israel, once again, to remember the good things that the Lord has done. Concerning the Passover celebration, we read in Exodus chapter 12, verse 14, the Lord says, Now this day will be a memorial to you. 
and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. The Lord said to Israel, I did a wonderful thing in the Passover, in the Exodus, when I delivered you from Egypt, and when I provided you the blood of the Lamb, that the angel of death might pass over your household, I did a wonderful thing, and the Lord says, I want you to remember it. The Lord doesn't say that because he's on an ego trip, understand. The Lord says that because it is good for us to remember who he is. And it's so easy for you and I to get consumed in our little lives and our little problems and all our little stuff, you know what I mean. And it can consume us in moments, you know what I'm talking about. And so the Lord says, wait a minute, little person that I made. I want you to remember the good things that I have done, that it might be on your heart and on your mind and on your lips who I am and what my character is and what I have done for you because it proves that I'm faithful and that I will do wonderful things in the future as well as I promised. Amen? And you've got to remember that God's past record is our future assurance. And He's delivered 100% on all His promises. And so with regards to future promises for your life and for the world, God is going to be faithful. And so it's right that we should remember the Lord and the things that he has done. And we need to watch over our hearts lest we forget. And that's why today is so important for us congregationally and for you individually. In the book of Deuteronomy, the children of Israel had not yet entered into the promised land. They were there on the eastern bank of the uh, Jordan River. Moses addressed the congregation. And he said to them in Deuteronomy 6, just before they entered into the land, Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 10, Then it shall come about, when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build, and houses full of good things which you did not fill, and hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you shall eat and be satisfied. Verse 12, Then watch yourself, lest you forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. Moses warned the people and he said, you're about to step into, literally, you're about to step into the promises and the blessings of God. And the blessings are going to overflow and you are going to be satisfied with the Lord and His provision. But he says to the people, really the Lord says, you need to watch yourselves. Lest in your state of being satisfied, Less in your state of receiving blessings, you start to forget the Lord. Now, it doesn't make sense that we would do that, does it? I mean, it's just silly. It just seems like we'd always be overflowing with gratitude and remembering and speaking of. But that's not the case. You know, we're funny little people, aren't we? And, and when we get to a comfortable, good place, we just go, oh, the Lord is good. And a few days later, oh, life is good. And a few days later, oh, I'm great. And there is in every one of us that sinful tendency to forget the Lord and who he is and what he has done. And, and, and then it brings us to not only complacency, but we see in the scriptures that it always brought Israel to a place of sin. Whenever they neglected to remember the Lord and his deeds, they always fell into sin. And church, I don't want us to fall into sin. The Lord has been doing a wonderful thing in our midst. It's not just here. He's moving all over the coastline, all over the nation, all over the world. But in our little silly sweet bubble here, he's doing a neat thing. 
And it's not to us, but to his name be the glory. The Lord is doing it, and he's not really doing it for you and I. He's doing it for his fame, for his glory, for his kingdom. Amen? But we get to be a little part of it. It's very important biblically that we remember that. In Numbers 21, you know, stuff wasn't working out exactly as the children of Israel thought. They wanted to enter the promised land from a southern entry there through the kingdom of Edom by the Edom mountains. But the king of the Edomites said, no way, I'm not going to let you go through here. And so they had to take a circuitous route and thus began a wandering before they entered in on the eastern bank of the Jordan River and across the course into the land of Canaan, the promised land. But during that circuitous route, they began to grumble. They begin to complain. They just begin to forget the Lord. I mean, He had parted the Red Sea, you know what I mean? He had provided for them manna from heaven. He had provided the quail when they were thirsty. He provided for them drink. He gave them everything that He needed. He, he delivered them from Egypt. But they just begin to forget the Lord. And, and, and as always happens, they started to grumble and complain. Beware of the danger of discontent. There's a command in Scripture in the book of Philippians that says, do all things without grumbling or complaining. Therefore, it's a sin and a grievous sin against God and His character when we start to grumble and complain. It says, God, you're not good enough and what you do isn't great enough to meet my needs. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. And beware that that grumbling and complaining always has a bite to it. There's always a sting to that. The Lord sent poisonous serpents among them and they were bitten. But what was the remedy for them? The remedy was they had to look at the cross. The Lord gave them in Numbers 21 a a, a prefigure, a foreshadow of the cross. And when they looked to that, they were healed. Maybe today you've forgotten the goodness of the Lord and you're already in a place of grumbling and complaining. You need to look to Jesus today. You need to look to the cross and what he's done for you and see the joy of the Lord's salvation be restored unto you and just begin to praise him and move out of that place because there's such a sting to that place of grumbling and complaining and being discontent. I want you to read Psalm 78 this week as your homework. I want you to read Psalm 78 where Israel, it's told, began to forget some of the things of the Lord and how it led them into just deep sin. That's your homework this week is is to read Psalm 78. But the command of Scripture is to remember the deeds of the Lord. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 8 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. And then again, Psalm uh, 9, verse 11. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare among the peoples His deeds. Again, Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. Speak of all His wonders. It's very clear that we're commanded in Scripture to speak of the deeds of the Lord among the peoples. And we are the peoples. He said that to the congregation of Israel. And we are the congregation of reality, just a little one, no big deal. But the mandate is the same. We're to speak forth what the the good things the Lord has done. We see it again in Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Have you been redeemed by the Lord today? Have you been saved by Jesus Christ? Then you need to say so. Amen. Psalm 107 verse 22. Let them also offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his works with joyful singing. Psalm 111 verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart in the company of the upright and in the assembly. 
You see, the biblical context for praising and testifying of the Lord is right here in this context. Verse 2, great are the works of the Lord. They are to be studied by all those who delight in him. And so in just a couple moments now, when people come forward and give testimony, you know, we're to study them. What does it mean when you study? It means to look closely at. It means to consider. It means to ponder. It means to commit to memory. You know what I'm saying? And so as we hear all the good things that the Lord has done, as we boast of the Lord to one another, those who delight in the Lord should study those things. Isn't that cool? So the Bible says. And then in verse 4 of Psalm 111, He has made His wonders to be remembered. And then Isaiah chapter 12, verse 4. And in that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord, call on His name, Make known his deeds among the peoples. Make them remember that his name is exalted. And so that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to be doers of the word. And and as a pastor, I read Isaiah 12 here where it says, make them remember that his name is exalted. I feel like the Lord said it to me and I said, yes, sir. And we're just going to make each other remember today that the Lord is exalted. And we're going to kind of focus on the last three months of our lives together as the Lord has been dealing with us on this thing about prayer. You know, that's really where there was just, it seemed like a fresh conduit of blessing opened up to us congregationally and individually. And so the last three months or so, I mean, we're going to kind of cut it off there because you could go back forever. You know, some of you forever, you could go back and just testify how good the Lord has been for a million years. But we're just going to focus on what he's been doing as we've been pressing into prayer for the last three months or so and make known the deeds of the Lord. I believe that as we do this right now, our faith is going to be increased. Someone's going to come forward and say, well, I prayed for A, B, and C, and the Lord did A, B, and C, and D. And our faith is going to be increased. I believe that as we hear these things, our hearts are going to be stirred. You know what I mean? Those of us that are pressing in, we're just going to get more excited and want to press in further. And I'll say this in all all humility and sincerity and from a place of love, by the grace of God, from a place of love. Some of you are going to be stirred because you've just kind of missed out on the last three months. I mean, I warned you a couple months ago. I told you about the guys who were on the bank of the river with Daniel that day, and Daniel saw a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord, and they missed it. told you about the guys that were on the road to Damascus with Paul that day when he got knocked off the horse and his life was changed, but those guys with him, they missed it. warned you about Judas who walked with the Lord three years. And just missed. And I told you, you could be right next to a powerful move of God. And just because of your own complacency and unwillingness to press in, you could just miss the whole thing. And I think it's, it's going to be a, a, a gift of God's grace today that some of you are going to hear these praises and these answered prayers and you're going to go, what have I been doing for the last three months? The Lord is doing all this stuff and I'm just kind of, Whatever. And I think you're going to get stirred in a wonderful way to say, wait, Lord, I want everything you have for me. Nothing more, but nothing less. Lord, I want everything that you have for me. You know what I'm saying? And so don't be condemned today and don't get bummed out. And in Jesus' name, don't get jealous. That's from the devil. You know, when someone's testifying of the goodness of the Lord in their lives and that jealousy stirs up, just say no to that in the name of Jesus. We are called to rejoice with those who rejoice. And when somebody else is being blessed and is testifying, we are called to say, yeah, I'm so stoked. And that's so rare in our culture. It's even rare in Christianity. When someone else is prospering and be blessed, we're so quick to go. 
whatever. You know what I mean? There's that, there's that attitude. But let that be far from us today. When someone says, hey man, the Lord is blessing me, or this or that, go, yeah, awesome, praise God, and just rejoice with them. And I believe that we're going to fall more in love with Jesus today as we hear. You know what I mean? Sometimes I boast about my wife. I love doing that when I'm just with the guys. I just boast about my woman from head to toe, inside and out. I start boasting about my wife. And sometimes I have to stop because I can see in the eyes of these guys, they start going, I love your wife. I see it happen, so I just, I just zip up and just... But I, it's very... It's very biblical to boast of the Lord. Paul said, I'm not going to boast about anything but the Lord. And so as we boast about the Lord, that's so right and so good. I think people are going to go, I love the Lord. I want to know him more. I want more of what he's doing. Maybe you're here this morning, you're discouraged. The person that you invited to Easter, they didn't come. You invited six people, they all said no. Listen, if you prayed and you were faithful to do what the Lord had you do, you did your job. And you should sit here this morning stoked because now the ball is in the court of Espiritu Santo, the Holy Spirit. A little Spanish for you. <laughs> Too many white folk up in here. Now, the ball is in the court of the Holy Spirit. And so if you are obedient to pray and to invite, then it's the Holy Spirit's job to draw and to save. That's not your job. And guess what? The Holy Spirit's not finished yet. I mean, He's still working. And so don't, don't be discouraged this morning. Don't feel ripped off. You know what I mean? If it's not going the way you wanted it to go. God is faithful. God is still moving. And so now let's give glory to God. Let's give forth praise reports. Let's talk about answered prayer. Let's talk about you being set free, people that you know being set free, people being healed. Let's talk about the harvest at Easter. Let's give thanks. Um, do it quickly. There's a lot of people. You know what I mean? If you've got like a 30-minute story, God bless it, that's awesome. But this might not be the context for it. That might be for your home group or for your spouse or something. But, but if you can come forward and, and just in a few sentences tell us what the Lord has done. People can kind of line up over there and come up on the stage. It's not scary up here. I'm up here every week. I'm not scared at all. So let's do it. Who's first? Who's going to break the ice? Who wants to come tell us what the Lord is doing? Look, people are running. Just line up over here. Come on, Lalo. There you go, brother. Lalo. Hi. My name is Lalo. Uh, I've been in reality since it opened up. I'm always a little choked up. Three months, wow. Uh, I guess the main uh, prayer answer was my brother. Uh, my brother's been in uh, additions forever. <laughs> he loves his marriage, his kids. And... Two and a half months ago, some dude walked up to him in Bakersfield when he was lost, hangover, and all that stuff. And in the corner on a gas station, he came up to him and just told him, I know what you're going through. Here's this money. Go to this house. They'll take care of you. Turned out to be Calvary Chapel, Bakersfield. <laughs> He's safe and sober.
Hello, my name's Marlene. I'm from Westmont College. Um, my mom had a heart attack on Monday night. Um, they said she had three clogged arteries, so my friends and I started praying in the name of Jesus. And yesterday when they had the surgery, they opened it up. There's nothing wrong with her. Morning. Uh, I have a good friend at work who uh, recently became our neighbor, and we've been praying for him for a long time. I've been praying for him for about two years. Uh, great guy. One of the, he's the guy that would just give you the shirt off his back, literally. Whatever you needed, he'd give it to you. And we've been inviting him to church, and, and so we invited him to Easter, and he said, I don't want to go. I'm going to go hang out with my family. And we had him over for dinner the night before and just kept saying, hey, are you going to be there? Well, I don't know. And so then he finally said, okay, I'll be there. And he came down, and, and uh, you know, Britt said, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing. And then everybody come down, and, and if any of you saw him, Britt started praying, and this big, tall Mexican guy just strolls down and stands down in front of Britt. <laughs> then he stopped praying, and his name is Mario, and Mario uh, accepted the Lord on Easter Sunday, and he's going to be with us in heaven. Hi, church. Um, praise God. I've been praying for my dad for about, um, well, the past couple of years. And um, as a result of that, he's actually been calling me um, for prayer, which is really great. So a few months ago, he told me that he was going to come and visit. And uh, so that was right when we started on on the, uh, the whole prayer thing. So I've been praying, uh, asking God to when he visits, not to try to engage in any, you know, deep philosophical discussions or debates about, um, you know, Christianity and religion, so on and so forth. And uh, I just prayed, you know, that, that God just make me the best son that I could be to my dad. And um, when he came, we had a great time. It was really incredible. Um, he, one night when we were out at dinner, he just, out of the blue, just came to the, said, you know, I come, I've come to the conclusion that, that, um, you know, Jesus Christ is God because, and, you know, then went ahead to list some reasons. Well, that was all great, but at that time I kind of realized that I was like, wow, I was, my heart was troubled because all this time that I'd been praying, um, I realized that it wasn't over yet. Um, I should have been praying, you know, because I was, after he said that, I was like, okay, God, now you're supposed to, you know, save them and baptize them and do everything else. But then I realized that I'm the one who's, you know, supposed to continue on with them. So um, anyhow, fast forward to Easter. Um, he calls me on Easter Sunday and um, he said, you know, how's it going? I said, great, happy Easter. He said, son, he said, I went to, he's never been to church before. He went to an Easter sunrise service back in, in Jacksonville where he lives. Um, there were about 5,000 people there. And then he started talking about uh, how great the message was and how he felt the peace of Jesus Christ come into his heart and, and how he couldn't explain what was happening to him, but that something was changing. Well, then furthermore, he started, uh, he continued by, um, by saying, you know, that his best friend and his wife were having some difficulties and problems. Um, and so he started praying for them grabbed them, you know, now he's a peacemaker all of a sudden. And, uh, and he said that as soon as he was done praying with them, that tears were rolling down their, their face. So at this point, I'm like, oh, man, praise God. I was like, Dad, you're a peacemaker now. And then, you know, for the icing on the cake, 
Then uh, he goes ahead, you know, I, I had somehow mentioned about my mom, saying that my mom and myself had been praying for him. And then he, he tells me, he says, son, he said, you know, I, I just wanted, to, I've been, this has been on my heart and your mom, my parents have been divorced for 32 years. Part of the reason why they got divorced is because my mom became a Christian. So anyhow, uh, my parents are from Egypt originally, but anyway. So then he says, uh, he says, son, he says, you know, I've been, uh, this has been on my heart and I've been meditating about this and praying about this and I definitely want to get this. I don't know if he said, he didn't say under the blood, but he said, I just, I just want to cover this is what he said. He said, um, I, I, I want to ask for your forgiveness for the things that I did to your mom. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't treat her right, and I'm sorry. He says, I asked Jesus to forgive me. And, um, you know, that just, I mean, talk about, made my heart melt. And, it, I mean, it was just unbelievable. And he was bawling, you know. he was. Um, so it was really cool because now all of a sudden, you know, he's talking about Jesus Christ, the peace of God, you know, the peace, peace of Christ in his heart. He's a peacemaker praying for other people, which he said he learned from me. I mean, you know, how, how, what a blessing that is. And then finally, just to, to repent. So what a powerful, powerful God we serve. Amen. Hi. I was walking um, my dog, as I do every day, and... Um, I met a stranger who was walking his dog. And in visiting with him, I discovered that he was leaving for three to four months with a friend to go to Tahiti and also um, to Australia. So I asked him if he minded if I prayed with him. And um, he said, no, that would be all right. And so um, come to find out at Easter... Um, his whole family came to the church service. So God is just so good, you know, that we can um, just love people right where they're at and be instant in season and out of season, and and he just draws them in. So um, um, yesterday his dad, when I was walking, asked, well, what time are your church services? <laughs> so anyway, God is, God is good, and I thank him for this church. Okay, well, I have this acquaintance that I met at Westmont um, a couple semesters ago, and just last semester we started becoming really good friends, and then um, had a conversation with him randomly just about God, and he was kind of like, well, I don't really, I'm not sure I believe in the whole God thing, I really need proof. He's a really kind of intellectual person, he was like, I just need proof, and I don't know, and I didn't know what to pray, I was like, how do you pray for proof for God, like it's, you know, so I just started praying randomly. We lost touch. I didn't talk to him all semester. And just the other day, I was like, well, maybe I'll Facebook him. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Facebook, but I was like, maybe I'll Facebook him and just leave him a message and see how he's doing randomly. So on a Tuesday, I think I left him a message and was like, just wondering how you were doing, kind of hope we could get together and just talk about how life's been. And he sent me this message like a couple of days later, which was about a day or two ago on Facebook, and was like, well... I just kind of wanted to let you know that I'm officially a Christian. And I was like, okay. What's up, church? How's it going? Uh, it's my family right there. It's down from Antique, California. So love on them for me, please. Um, 
I think uh, it, was, it was super rad. I, I was changed in uh, the prayer leading up to Easter. I had a lot of people from Orco, and it was great. It was so cool to see their hearts change, and they haven't dedicated their life to the Lord, but God changed my heart. And uh, what changed my heart the most was uh, prayer for the nations, and I really recommend that to you guys, going to prayer for the nations. Um, there's a lot of things that go on in the rest of the world that we don't know about. And uh, um, I, like to, I used to like to hold on to my finances a lot. You know, hold them. I'm like, God, don't take them. I want, I want to keep them. So uh, prayer for the nations uh, opened my eyes. Uh, I'll give you an example. There's, there's children dying in uh, Mexico because they can't afford uh, medicine. It's a thing to pray about. Um, Dom said it would take probably about $5 to, to give them that medicine to heal those children. There's children being sold for prostitution in Thailand for $2 each. Think about the amount of kids that we can, we can help. Um, I'm the kind of guy I like to, I want an Xbox, I want this, I want this. Think about it. How many kids could we save with that $400 instead of spending it on myself? You know, spending it on them. So I just wanted to challenge you guys, pray about that. Go to Prayer for the Nations and uh, just glorify God. Let Him use you. So, thanks. This is really nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, so, I just wanted to share with you from a new perspective, I guess. The Lord's kind of making me... I'm a new Christian since August, and um, so... <sighs> So along with, like, you know, using heavily drugs and things like that and just the Lord changing my life, um, I really thought I knew what prayer was. And um, so I just wanted to share what... I'm so nervous. (laughs) Um, I used to pray very... I would hear different people's prayers, and I was always frustrated because I never felt like I I could pray right. And I didn't know how to pray, and I thought I was just praying passionately about my family and all these things, and nothing was really happening, but I just, so I just kept beating my head against the wall and just trying not to be anxious and not praying about it, and then this whole thing started with prayer, and on, it just changed my whole life. I mean, first of all, thanking the Lord, then praising Him, and just doing that, building your relationship, you know, and just like falling in love with Him, kind of, and just like, wow, like I just kind of forgot all the anxiety, you know, and then I just, I just started, I don't know what happened, I just started going to home group, and every week there was like, we just got together, after like the first week, I just started praying, and my prayer, my heart changed, like I fell on my face before my God, he was my, he was my dad, you know, he's, he's my, he loves me, and he wants to hear my voice, but I didn't really believe it, until all of a sudden, all these things just started happening, and People I was praying for, my brother, um, my sister, I've been praying very hard for my brother, and he brings in to this, this girl who's the sister of his best friend, moves to this little town that I'm living in, and I'm like, okay, that's how the Lord wants me, who's not a Christian, and so we're building that connection. And then my sister in Philadelphia, her best friend's in Burbank, and she's calling me, and everyone's talking about God all of a sudden, everybody's praying, and then I'm like, and then he's talking about hearing God's voice. And I'm like, how in the world do you hear God's voice? How do you know what you're supposed to be doing? I don't know. Does he talk to you? Do you hear it? I'm like, oh, I'm all by myself. And so I was sitting in church one day just a couple months ago, if that, and um, I felt the word carpenteria because I had wanted to be here so bad since I became a Christian. 
And I thought, oh, gosh, I'm kind of nervous. I don't want to tell anybody because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that really wasn't what I heard. And so I'm not really saying anything. So, And then it was just like I had some prayer with my uh, cousin, and, and I said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to tell you because I just want to pray with somebody else about it. So that was a Saturday night. The next day was Sunday. Somebody walked up to us and said, are you looking for a job? Uh, yeah. Went five minutes later. I had a job. Went and told them I was leaving. I said, okay, Lord, this is what you want. Blow me away. So I moved to, I took the job, was staying on a couch, and about a week later, some couple of girls who go to the church came up to me and said, we've been praying about something, and we just want to know if you'd want to be our roommate. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> um, and everybody's like, how hard is it to find a place in CARP? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> so I had a job, and, and not only that, just God's just been doing amazing things so I just wanted to encourage you because now it's like when I pray it's not about me anymore it's just like I am believing him his prayer is like he really does listen like oh my gosh so uh, hi I'm from Westmont College and basically I'm I'm kind of representing a whole group um <laughs> not any, um, and I just wanted to let you know that God is mightily stirring and pouring out his spirit at Westmont um, he's been doing some amazing things and at the same time that God was teaching reality about prayer God was simultaneously um, corporately teaching specifically this one group um, about pressing in um, into God's presence and battling in prayer and praying with the authority that he has given us as his children. And so God has basically been raising up an army of prayer warriors and he's been um, calling up people not just to salvation but also um, to be radical for him, to, um, to change culture, to not give in, to not compromise, to, to raise the standard back to the Lord that, um, yeah, we aren't the standard. And he's been pouring out... Um, you believe this or not, um, visions and dreams and healing, like you heard about Marlene's mom and this other girl had a sinus growth or a growth in her sinus and was completely gone after we prayed for her. Um, and then th the funny thing is we'd get like unified visions and dreams about our school and what to pray for. And everything that has happened since the time that I've been at Westna, at least, it's been an answer to prayer, every single step. So every day we just like, praise God, like this is what God did. Oh my gosh, like you don't even know. I'm like, ah! And um, <laughs> so... So God is raising up a nameless and faceless and passionate, laid-down lovers, um, this generation who is wholehearted um, worshipers, and he's raising up a David generation of people that's after God's own heart and um, who seek his holiness. And it's not for the purpose of just being on fire, but to go out. Like, people get specific hearts for the nations, and people are hurting, and that's God's heart. And he's just showing us that it's the purpose of going into all realms, that anything is possible, and this is what God is doing, and it's nothing of us. And he's just orchestrating things and letting us be a part of it. And it, our generation really is called, like, the old and the young and the younger. So, praise God. Good morning. We've been praying for the youth and be praying for um, God to shut the doors of drug dealers, God to make parties get found out by the cops before it even happens. And Thursday night, I got a phone call at 9.30 and I didn't get it. I was in bed already and I just got up and I checked my voicemail. And it was a girl saying, hey, Emily, um, I need your money tonight because the guy wants to get the stuff. And so call me back because I need to talk to you tonight. And I was like, what the heck? Who is this? 
And so I call this person back, and I knew who it was. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, wait a minute, what's your last name? And I was like, I'm Dominic's wife. And she's like, oh, I called the wrong Emily. And it turns out this is a prodigal that so many of us have been praying for. And she called me to ask for drug money for a cocaine deal that she was throwing down. And the Lord totally intercepted this. And she repented and was just crying out to the Lord and for forgiveness and it was just so amazing. So God does the impossible. You know, he intercedes. So be praying for her, please. That is really cool. My heart is beating really fast. But I hope you never get off of this subject of prayer because it has changed my life and uh, and the more that Britt talks, I mean, the more I realize that if we do pray, God hears us and he answers our prayers. And I've known that throughout my life because he's answered huge prayers in my life. My husband was saved after we'd been married um, about 17 years and, and God saved him. And then just, uh, you know, over the last three months, so many just prayers, um, not huge prayers. I mean, well, they are huge. You know, each and every one of them are huge. But um, just, you know, several different areas in my life that I've prayed for my nephew, who's a wayward prodigal and just wants nothing to do with us and is away at a school right now. And, and we went and visited him, and it was an awesome time. I mean, he's a long ways away from being back where he should be, but, but the visit went wonderfully and way better than we could have expected, and a lot of people were praying for that. And just... Um, other people in my lives. I prayed for about four people to come to the Easter service, and they didn't come, but a good Jewish friend of mine came who I really didn't even invite, and she just showed up, or she decided to come. And so that was really cool. And then I've got a really good friend and my housekeeper who I love to death, and just the change in her life has just been phenomenal in the last few months, and prayer for her. So um, just keep on this subject and keep reminding us another thing um, on the way up I was listening I don't know my daughter loads my CDs in my car but um, it was David Crowder or somebody and it was prone to wander was or I don't know Jeremy Camp somebody but um, it was talking about how we are prone to wander and you know hold on to me Lord you know because we do that we you know we'll pray and we'll see God work and then we don't pray and we don't see him work you know and it just it, it was a this what you were talking about this morning was a great reminder. We just need to remember what the Lord has done in our lives because He's done a ton of things in my life and everyone else's, and we just need to remember it. So, Amen. Amen. Morning, church. I'm Jeff, and I'm also from Westmont, and I've had the privilege of leading a ministry on campus that came out of um, the film Invisible Children, and. Um, as some of you know, we had the fast, the 40-hour fast, about um, the beginning of March, and God totally, totally blessed that whole experience. There were about 120 people involved in it, and um, people just fully laying down all of the food things and just, just being hungry for 40 hours and seeking God, and we prayed for 40 hours straight. There was somebody in our prayer chapel praying, and last year we did it, and it was just this amazing experience, and um, I, every time I went in there, there were like not only one person, but there were like four or five, six people just praying together, people on their faces crying, seeking after God for the, the children in Uganda. And um, 
the, at the end, it was really cool. At the end, we had this um, kind of impromptu worship session and kind of prayer time. And I'm such a planner, and I did not, and I, I would have normally had like everything timed out. My team knows, like I'm ridiculous. And I was just like, God was telling me, don't plan it. Don't. I don't want you to just to to put these boundaries on me. Like, let me move in this time. And so I just like, like okay. And um, I went into it and had like some scriptures that people had shared with me and everything. And God just totally rocked the house. There were like 120 people packed in this little prayer chapel. It was just like busting at the seams. There were people all on the outsides. We were fully worshiping God and um, praising him for what he had done over the 40 hours. And at that moment, Brooke, one of the people from our team, comes in and says that the thousands of letters that we had written the semester before um, and were waiting to get sent out had, had gotten held up in our uh, post office, and that day they cleared to go through. And it was just like a huge praise report saying, you need, and just taught us a lesson that before we just start acting and thinking we can do it, we need to seek God. We need to pray that he would move through us and that his, his will and his purpose for the children in Uganda would um, be met before what we just think should happen. And then we prayed, we sought God, people's lives were changed, people are closer to God, we um, united as a community, and people's lives were changed through the experience. And I f- have full faith that he moved in Uganda those 40 hours that we were praying. And so um, thank you, church, for those of you who were involved, and that was really cool to have um, people praying with us, and um, it was an amazing 40 hours, and we hope that you guys can join us next year when we do it again. Hi, my name is Jerice. I'm also from Westmont. God's doing a lot up there on the hill. It's amazing. Um, I am a residence assistant in one of the dorms on campus. And first semester for me was so difficult. It was actually extremely difficult for the women in my hall. There was a lot of personal issues and things that, as, as a college student, I just like was not prepared to handle. I had no idea how to encourage those women and how to speak to them. And um, the end result was actually one of the women in my section had to go home, and it was just heartbreaking for me. There were lots of tears over Christmas break. And I came back and started praying with a group of people. And specifically, one of our prayers was, Lord, teach us how to pray. We don't know how to pray, and we don't know what to pray. And all of a sudden, all of us ended up at reality with Britt teaching nine weeks on how to pray. And so God starts showing us how to pray, and then the fast comes along, and half of the women in my section decide to fast, most of whom... A lot of them weren't really seeking God at the time. They weren't that close to God, but they felt like, wow, this is something we should be passionate about, children in Uganda. The Holy Spirit broke loose in this section. People's hearts were literally changed. And the thing was, there was an empty room from the woman who had left my section, and it was kind of this awkward thing. Nobody knew what to do with it. No one knew how to talk about it. And three women approached me and go, Therese, can we turn that room into a prayer room? And so people from all over campus have been coming up to this room. They changed the furniture around. They put communion stuff in. We have 
stars hanging from the ceiling with different nations to pray for. There's a prayer request board. There's um, answers to prayer that are lining the walls and Bible verses. And there's literally usually someone in that room within every few hours. It's amazing. And my hall has been covered in prayer. And I've seen women released from eating disorders, from substance abuse, from deep depression, from years of pain about divorce through childhood, from sexual molestation. I'm talking deep issues that I had no idea what to say. And God has literally been pouring in the words to say. And I would like be sleeping and get Bible verses and wake up and go, oh my gosh, that was for this girl, and write it down in a note card and have that person come and say, how did you know? And I go, God, he, he told me, which is kind of weird. So um, if you haven't been praying with people, I just want to encourage you. Like the word of God says, where two or more are gathered, if you touch and agree in my name, and then also that he says, if you just have the faith of a mustard seed. And I'm telling you, by the end of first semester, my faith was like this big. I had been calling home crying lots of times. And now my faith is overflowing. And so... Know that your God is able. He is able. He is a big God. And he wants to do for his people. And he wants to pour out his blessings on you. Amen. Amen. Well, there's just a little bit. Psalm 34 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And from everything from your housing we heard about, to where kids are going to be, to your job, to people getting saved, to dad's, repenting before their kids for stuff that happened 32 years ago. The Lord is so good. Amen. So let's worship Him in song now. We're going to bring the worship team forward. Let's stand up on our feet. You've heard today over and over that the Lord answers prayer. We're going to have a prayer team up here on your right. And if you have a need, come in faith this morning. Come up and just go, Dude, I want the Lord to do A, B, and C. And we'll ask Him. And, and, and the Bible says that He's able to do more than we even ask to think. And I think you'll do A, B, and C, and D. And so uh, you can also come forward and have communion this morning. And let's bless the Lord for the good deeds He's done. Amen? Amen.